0: Support Our Sinclair and listen ad-free. Go to Patreon.com slash Our Sinclair. Sinclair is also brought to you by The Div MMC Future from TheFutureWas8Bit.com. Quit waiting on tapes and fooling around with WAV files and load your games instantly with The Div MMC Future, a jumperless, switchless SD storage solution for all ZX Spectrums, from the 16K all the way to the plus 3. Get yours today at TheFutureWas8Bit.com. Hi everybody. Welcome to R. Sinclair. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're gonna be talking about Cabal. Cabal. All right, man. Yeah. Now, when I first heard about this game, Yeah. I thought it was I'm scared to hear where this is going. I thought it was about uh remember Huckleberry Hound? I do. Now, I think that he was a he, he used to be like a superhero that would swing like with his guitar. No. Yeah, it's a whole different guy. You're talking about El Cabal? Yeah.
1: That's what you thought the game was about? No, no, no. Was that not Huckleberry Hound? No, was that wasn't Huckleberry Hound. That guy was a horse, I believe. <laughs> Huckleberry Hound's a
0: hound. You know, now that you say that, I, I do recall that guy being a horse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're really I was... quite
1: dumb, aren't you? It's hard to believe you're teaching people. You're talking about molding young minds. Don't just don't teach them about
0: cartoons. Well, you will be
1: fine. What was
0: El Kibong's? Alter ego,
1: I can't. Uh, oh gosh, what was it? It was not quick draw. McGraw was
0: it? Was that him? I think that, that was a dog, also. No, no, no. How not. could a, how can you have a quick drawing animal with no opposable fingers? You can't draw with a hoof, dude. The, the animals talk and dance.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, so you're hung up on the thumbs? <laughs> they speak. They walk upright. They wear clothes. He's a horse that wears clothes. He plays guitar. How does he do that with no fingers? These are all good points. (laughs) (laughs) Roy didn't think this through, did you? Huckleberry Hound wears a hat. He's from the (laughs) South. (laughs) Does that make any sense? (laughs) Come on. And none of this has a darn thing to do with Cabal. It was an interesting name
0: choice with Cabal. Does Cabal mean anything as far as you know?
1: Isn't it like a uh, like a kind of an evil agreement between two parties? Like they put together like a like a cabal. Or, that sounds know.
0: right. I could be full of crap on that, but that has nothing to do with this game. Quick
1: draw McGraw, thank you, Doug. Doug here for the save. Mm. No nope. is when he hits people with a guitar, like the honky tonk man or Jeff Jarrett. Okay, thing, yeah.
0: Um. So cabal, not not El Cabal. No. <laughs> Yeah, that's all I I, I You're was completely gonna shot now. I really thought that we were gonna have this big talk about how, you know, Elkabong and, and all that. You
1: thought this was gonna be a real a, a real like uh uh eyebrow raising. Well, I, I, super I was, conversation. well I, no,
0: I was gonna go into the history of Huckleberry Hound and how he played and, his games. Go and ahead all and that get it go
1: into it though. We can still go into it. Go ahead, and tell me about it. What's his well, history? Well,
0: you played Huckleberry you Hound. You don't on know the anything Aniga. about Huckleberry Hound, do you I Aniga? was expecting you to inform me.
1: Listen, I didn't like those old Hannibal Bear cartoons that much, man. I like the Flintstones and the Jetsons. Those are all Hanna Barbera cartoons, right? Days. But I mean, they went to this phase, All right, So you got, you got your, you got your, uh, your uh, Flintstones. You've got your Jetsons. You got your Scooby Doo's. These are good cartoons. Space Ghost was pretty good. Speed Buggy? No. See that you just jumped the shark right there. Then you go into this weird. First of all, they ripped off Scooby Doo with every one of their properties. You had Jabba Jaws. You had Speed Bug, you had Captain K-Man. All, they're, just, they're, they're just rip-offs. Just insert something else for the dog. Mm-hmm. You got a talking shark, you got a talking car, you got a talking whatever, okay? Captain K-Man, whatever mm-hmm. the heck he was. He didn't even look like a man. So those all sucked. Then you had all their weird characters. Amazing right? Chan and the Chan snag Snaggletooth and... Huckleberry Hound and all these weird characters. The uh, Laugh Olympics crew. Da, pa, uh, Doggy Daddy. Yep. You know, all these guys. And then you had the Laugh Olympics, which I will give them credit. They, they, they took all their weird stew of characters and smushed them into teams. At least that was sort of funny. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was a, I like that show a lot. It was a one-trick pony. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you also had like stuff like the Blue Falcon and, and Dynamo. That's something else I like to do. They take a cool concept and then stick an idiot with them. Mm-hmm. I hate when they have a cool guy and he's got a monkey right, or a stupid dog. You know, you ruin the cool guy with the crap.
0: What was the cartoon with, like, the Gloop?
1: That was um, Gloop and Gleep and the uh, uh, Herculoids. The Herculoids. I did like the Herculoids. Okay. Because Gloop and Gleep were dumb, but they were also, like, they could mess you up. Right. They were big, weird blobs. Mm -hmm. They could blob you up. Yeah. You know?
0: That was Hanna-Barbera also, right? That's right.
1: Okay. And then they had that weird cuz think about who was in the Herculoid. Right? Do you remember? You don't even no. You got Gloop and Gleep, okay? Right? You got the main Herculoid dude, you got his hot chick, All right. That was like he was like a barbarian. Was
0: is Herculoid that's not the one that was like in 1997. No. No, anyway. I no, get was to that Thundar. in a minute. Yeah, yeah. I get to that
1: in the middle In a minute. But then you got so you got him his hot chick. So he's like a barbarian, she's like a barbarian chick or an Amazon. And then you had his weird crew, okay? He had uh, like a, a, a triceratops combined with a rhino that shot crap out of a horn, right, whatever that was, armored. Mm-hmm. And then you had a dragon they hung out with, and he did stuff. He didn't
0: speak, though.
1: No, but he, he didn't have to. He was a freaking dragon. He'd fly down. Then he would, I think he shot lasers or something out of his mouth. Whatever. It didn't matter. He'd kill you, all right? They were an interesting crew, right? And then you graduated up to when you had Thundar, which was, a, that was a good show. So that was the, the top of that
0: particular in genre. In my opinion, you had like Thundar. Like the post-apocalyptic caveman.
1: You had Thundar, well, no, it, wasn't, it, was, it was post-apocalyptic, but he wasn't a caveman, barbarian.
0: It seems like people were dressed in a lot of, like, furs and pelts and things.
1: They Well, he was, because he's a barbarian. Because you gotta think about it. He hung out with a guy named Ukla the mock, who was covered in fur. Where did Thunder get his fur? I would ask, I mean, Ukla's Ookla, parents? Well, maybe Ukla sheds a lot. Or maybe I don't so. Know. Then you had, uh, and so he had a fabulous sun sword. Then he had uh, um, Ariel, who was the wizard chick, the hot sorceress mm-hmm. that was with him. And because a runaway planet, hurtled between the earth and the sun, unleashing, yeah, earth and the moon, unleashing cosmic destruction, tore the moon in half, jacked up the earth. Boy. That was a pretty cool. That's a pretty cool cartoon. It's a good setup. Yeah, it was. It was a great cartoon, but it was so violent they took it off the air. Mm. It's a bummer when that happens. Yeah, they're having some of the good cartoons too. So, but I mean, so that in, in, that in, uh, encompasses the Hanna Barbera of my youth. Oh, I forgot, oh, That's not true. We've got Johnny Quest. That was also a pretty good show.
0: That right? was. That was. I guess that was. How does that fit in with like Snaggletooth and all those guys? It was well Johnny
1: Quest. I believe Cause was from it was early, se- early the late '60s, or early yeah. '70s, and they were real well done. Yeah. Uh, but they. It's funny because when Cartoon Network got in cahoots with Hannah Barbera and they brought a lot of these goose back for like Space Ghost Coast to mm-hmm. Coast, all yeah. the wacky stuff they did. Atari, uh, Harvey Birdman, Attorney at mm-hmm. Law. You know, something I love like that. those shows. You know, so. Hammerberry. It's funny when when uh, the, near, the the close by amusement park to us is that's not Canada Park, is Kings Island. And when I was a kid, it was the lights that they yeah, had for their little Land. fun world. Mm-hmm. That was I remember that being you know kind of neat. Yeah. So. None of this has anything to do with cabal. None. None. So memorize that. It has nothing to do with Huckleberry Hound.
0: You know. That's the stupidest connection you've ever made. For the last five minutes, I've been waiting to just have silence so I can put in the ad. <laughs> And you just keep going. I would, listen, don't poke the bear.
1: I'll talk. You give me any subject, I'll go on for 20 minutes. That's what I do.
0: Let's talk about Cabal, Aaron.
1: <laughs> I find this far less interesting than the end of our bear talk. So, you know, Cabal. I was telling the chat before you uh, came back down with your fancy water that I actually... This is one of the games for this uh, that I've actually played in the arcade back in the day. So, uh, Cabal, a... Uh, was released in 89 for the ZX. Um, this was authored by an outfit called Special FX Software Limited. Okay. boat. I can see it. Now here's a list of some of the stuff they did. Uh, Batman. Remember Batman? I remember Batman. Firefly, not the cool space show. Guts with a Z. Cool, cool guy style. Hudson Hawk because that game was on every system ever. <laughs> ever. Ever.
0: That um, game has got to be the movie, like, the worst movie with the most licenses. It may be.
1: Have you ever seen Hudson Hall? No. I knew it. Um, Hyperactive, Hysteria, Midnight Resistance, which we covered, I believe. Red Heat, that's another bad movie. And Toki, which you, I think you like Toki when we put it on the Amiga. Now, this was programmed by a pretty legendary guy named Jim Bagley. Have you heard of him? Mm-mm. Really? Uh, he, he worked on all the games I just mentioned, plus uh, most of them anyway, plus Roadrunners, street sports, basketball. And he worked on World Class Leaderboard Golf, boat, which we both like. I love World Class. Yeah. Uh, the graphics were done on this by Charles Davies. He's another guy of, of some of repute. Uh, he did Batman. He did Flight, the flight simulator for the uh, ZX, Guts, Hudson Hawk, a lot of the same stuff we talked about. The music was done by a fellow named Keith Tinman. Who worked pretty much on all the stuff we mentioned earlier? Now, uh,
0: the I guess the music because the music is the title track in the 128K version. There's no in-game music.
1: In yeah, this. I played. Oh, that's now yeah, that's what I got. Again, mm. I, sometimes it's hard for me to tell, but uh, the version I played I had opening music. If it has
0: opening music, it is the 128K yeah, version. Yeah, that's the one I had. Yeah.
1: So um, this is a now in the arcade. This was a two-player simultaneous game, but on the uh, ZX here. In fact, on most of the home releases, this is a it's one-player hot or two-player hot seat. So they didn't right I think the only one that got two player simultaneous, I believe, was the Super Nintendo version of this or Nintendo. maybe NES. The, yeah. the, the NES, Super NES version, yeah. It was the NES. Thing. It got it got two players simultaneous. Um originally uh came out on cassette for a nine pound, and the disc version was a hefty fifteen pounder
0: boatster. One of the most expensive uh Spectrum games we've
1: covered. Well, that is a disc, pounds. the disc version, That's so I guess it didn't sell too many. Uh, This also came out on the Amiga, the Amstrad, the C64, uh, MS-DOS, I believe the DOS, was that a booter? I'm not sure. And then there was the NES version of this. So before we get too far in this, let's talk about the arcade version because I I like to go into that a little bit since we actually uh, have played the arcade version. In fact, I'd played it well before I'd played this one. Now, this was developed by an outfit called the TAD Corporation. Okay. A weird name, and TAD's all caps, so I don't know what, maybe it stands for something Initials, in Japanese, yeah. Uh, published by uh, Taito, or Taito, depending on where you're at. And this came out in the arcade September of 88, so they had a pretty quick turnaround this thing, uh, Boaster. Uh, ironically, the uh, CPU in the arcade machine is 68,000, so oh. I thought I'd mention that. So, uh, what is Cabal, all right? What you do is a unique game. I'm not sure I played anything like it when it came out. Uh, you are a, uh, a one—you one or two players in the arcade. You're a guy that has a gun and grenades, and your goal is to shoot as many enemies as you can as fast as you can. Right. And it's laid out almost like a almost like a, a, a like an Operation Wolf or something style game, where you are at the bottom of the screen and you have a cursor that moves around the top, like the, it really moves around the whole screen. Mm-hmm and whatever you focus on you can shoot with your grenade or your bullets right plus if you if you let go of the buttons you can move your guy around so he can actually move and he can shoot it's which is an unusual gameplay element well mode. here's
0: what i think okay. i think that these guys the tad boys <coughs> yeah. that's what they call them um they saw the success of operation wolf yeah and they were like, well, now we've got this JAMA standard. We've got all these people with these upright, you know, basic arcade outfits with a joystick and a couple buttons. What can we do to give them the same kind of experience so they don't have to buy an Operation Wolf machine? And that's what this is. Well, the
1: difference, here's the flaw in your plan, all right? This game was a two-track ball four button game, and I don't know any games that had that set up, so it's gonna be a hard, that's a hard conversion, so I'm assuming they would have also shipped you the control panel. Okay. Yeah, I don't know, and I also, did, I, I, don't,
0: I didn't do, I guess I didn't do my research on the arcade version, I figured this was just a joystick and a couple well, button Well, it game. was both, and okay. I'll get
1: into that. Uh, also, this game, I don't know if, it, I can't, I didn't look to see if it was jam. it may or may not be, I don't know. Uh, so, but irrelevant to our conversation here. So, I played, when I played this game, I'm pretty sure it had the trackball version. They had a trackball version, and they had a joystick version of this game, okay? Um, again, you're moving the cursor around with the whatever you've got. Let's say trackball in the arcade. Uh, and so when you put the cursor over something, you, you, you tap your button, and you shoot whatever the cursor is on. It's, it's, it's a lot like how we, It's what it reminds me of is when we play uh, gun games in MAME or something, and use the mouse yeah. to move around. It's basically like that. It's a gun game where you don't actually use a gun because it lets you move around. Now I can tell you when this came in the arcade, I did see it a few times. I did play it. I think I played it once, and I didn't like it. It, it's so chaotic and weird. It's these games where we had this perspective, and they never appealed to me that much in the arcade. It
0: it does sort of remind you as like uh, if you had a game like. Oh what's it called? Uh, it's like the afterburner game where the the, the scenery is scrolling by but you're a, oh. No, but you're on a jetpack and you're this is a super famous game I just can't think of the name of it. Um anyway, it's it's like I always feel like in this game you should see, you should be walking forward. It shouldn't be stationary.
1: There was a game in the arcade. With, Space Harrier. Space Thank Harrier. you, Rule of Thirds. There's a game, I think it was called, like. I think there were several different types, but like G.I. Joe's is the one that comes to mind. Yeah, G.I. Joe's But a lot I didn't like, like those too. games either, to yeah. be honest with you. This game reminds me an awful lot of just like an Operation Wolf, except you can move your guy a little bit. And I don't know how much you moved your guy. We'll talk about that in a minute. I didn't move him a ton when I, when I was playing this, because if I didn't have to. Anyway. Uh, in the arcade, you've got five stages with four screens on each stage, okay? which that actually came right home. That's exactly the same way it is on the, uh, on the Spectrum. Uh, in the arcade, you also had boss fights, again, same thing. So they pretty much brought a lot of the game home. Roy, really, like I said, the one, the one big difference is uh, you don't have that two player simultaneous. So the arcade had good graphics, they were colorful. Um, one of the big things in the arcade is that you had destructible environments. This made the game you very unique at the time. <clears throat> um, when you're out there shooting, you're not just a shooting and you're also shooting uh, helicopters and tanks and trucks, whatever they can come up with that drives across the screen. Uh, so, and the arcade game did well enough to get ported to some systems. Uh, uh, from what I read on the net, it was an okay seller. It was the concept was unique, and it did okay. Mm-hmm. You know, so there you go. I don't remember
0: Tad. I definitely had, don't remember ever seeing this in an arcade and I've never played well, this I'm in an arcade. I'm old, I'm um, old. But I've seen tons of, I mean, compared to Operation Wolf, this was not a big success.
1: Right, so let's flash forward here to the actual Spectrum version. So, um, this game is sort of a famous port in a way uh, because of Jim Bagley's uh, working in it. Now, we, you know, he also did Midnight Resistance, like, so we, which we looked at a while back. And this game shares some similarities with that. Including some of the ways, some of the graphical touches that he used in this, um, you'll notice that your player uh, has a, kind of a, like a faint outline around, him, which is the same way in Midnight Resistance. It helps. it's suppo- it's it's a graphical to help you differentiate the oh, eyes yeah. and stuff. Yeah, uh, I found a little interview with Bagley when he was talking about this. He talked about one of the things this game has is it's got. It, I mean, we play a lot of spectrum games that are almost monochrome. This one has distinct colors. I mean, they did a pretty good job with the background color. Because the funny thing about this game, which we'll get into this more in a minute, a lot of this game is just there are some backgrounds and then stuff goes on in front of them. They don't really, not all levels like that, but a lot of levels, it's just crazy stuff going on on a colorful background, but the backgrounds look good. But they asked him how he pulled this off, and he what he said was it was clever use of boundaries. Anything that had color, the enemies went behind. So they'd go behind the buildings, you'd shoot the buildings and they'd crumble away leaving the sprites. Therefore the sprites would hardly uh, ever go through two changes of color. Also the arcade game had a bunch of baddies on the screen and he he thought it was important to replicate that so he would get as much stuff on as possible. But, it, you know, with stuff in the way, he could pile tons of stuff on the screen, mm-hmm. make it look like there was a lot going on, and still not have a bunch of slowdown or a bunch of color clash.
0: And yeah. He, this game, I mean, this game, I feel that this game is a programming feat. I feel like they've pulled all the tricks out of the book to make this game work. I agree. Because when you, one of the things
1: you'll be struck with, first of mm-hmm. all, we should mention that the loading screen is very attractive. He mm-hmm. did a good job on that, mm-hmm. which we see that a lot. So when the game comes up, there's you know it's a pretty stylish uh, outfit that did it because it's a crazy rainbow menu. It's a real, it's a lot of the menus are pretty lame on the on the spectrum. This is a pretty colorful menu. Mm. It's got a lot of the options are top shelf. I just again I usually I play with the keyboard most of the time, and I did on this one too. And uh, uh, it lets you assign the keys, and you're you're, you're assign the four directions, a grenade, uh, shooting, and a pause button, you know normal stuff. It also has the joystick support. So when you start this game up, the first thing you realize is that there are a ton of guys coming out. I mean, it's crazy, and they never stop. Because the way this game works is, instead of having this, you don't clear a level by just killing all the guys. You finish a level by finishing your enemy kill bar at the bottom right. of the screen. Is there a so, better word for really well, that? To- l-
0: let me explain. So yeah. you, it, when you're playing a, 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 a normal game, people are familiar with uh, life bars and you've yeah. got a life bar and then the boss has a life bar, the enemy has a life bar. Well, imagine if all of the enemy life bars were contained into one mega life bar yeah. and you've got to make that life bar go down to nothing. So you know, as you kill enemies, you see this life bar going down, and that's how you—that's how you beat the stage. It's—it's. It's, I gotta be honest with you. I—I I liked it. I thought it was a, a neat concept and much better than just like kill all the guys or you know, it was—it was something different. I. Uh,
1: It's—it is different. I, I remember again I, when I played this in the arcade, and I, I, I'm not gonna sit here and say, well, here were my impressions because I can't remember that far back. I just remember playing it once. I didn't think it was that good and left on. I don't know if I've played a game that had a level completion like this. I'm sure there are some, but the weird thing is just randomly killing as many people as you can. I mean, it doesn't matter who you kill as long as you kill. So that, I thought that was it. Is well, awesome even when you,
0: even when you start the game, you don't press zero to start the game. It's just that press zero, kill them.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, see, I thought I was like, man, is this a level change? No, I mm-hmm. just that's how it starts a game. Uh, again, you don't have to shoot. You don't have to shoot fifty guys or fifty helicopters. It's it's any combination of whatever you get. Right. So. Uh, as I mentioned in the arcade, the big selling one of the big selling points and this was the fact that you had a destructible environment. Do they have that in this game? Well, yes, they do uh, you'll have buildings, uh, towers, mm-hmm. boxes, all kinds of stuff. The fun, one of the things I did notice though that struck me is that like anyone on the first level, and this happens a lot. Like in the arcade and a lot of ports, you have a wall in, that you're behind. Mm-hmm. And not in this game. There's a wall. There's just, nothing. You get, instantly, you're exposed. Yeah. Uh, uh, but a lot of the levels are pretty close to what you would see in the arcade. Uh, again, you're working with a, a muted palette here. Uh, you know, you know, three or four colors. But I mean, again, on the they did a tremendous job separating the colors and the color clashes at a minimum. So that's good. Um, the guys are. If you look at that arcade game, the guys look like guys running around. They look like this. They they are squatty. They're sort, sort of, of
0: ho- they're sort of halflings yeah. that are running around. It's a Hobbit massacre, yeah. is what you're saying.
1: <laughs> uh, the, one thing that. So I guess we should just get into what we thought. I mean, it's it's basic gameplay. You move around to try to avoid shots and grenades and whatever's coming at you, and then you try to shoot them with your. Shots and grenades and you can pick up special weapons machine guns and whatnot to do more damage Which is fine But at the end of the day, this is a move Well when I was playing it This is a move a cursor around the screen with your keyboard game and then occasionally move yourself. Well guess what that stinks (laughs) I didn't have any fun moving this game with the cursor. I don't know I didn't read that this had that uh, spectrum mouse support, but if they were ever going to make a game that had it, this would be the game because it, this would have been a, a much more fun with a with a mouse. Now, did you play this with the stick? I played this with the stick. And so, how did it play with a joystick moving that curse around? Because generally, my experiences on that where sort of they have not been good.
0: Okay, we this is a game where we, we just have totally different opinions.
1: Okay, I'm, I'm not killing it. I just wanted to see what you thought about with the joysticks. I didn't
0: get to try with the stick. I, not only did playing this game with the joystick feel really good, but I love this game. I thought this game was great. Uh, I'm surprised to hear that you don't like this game because this is like everything you love about video games, just mindless, wanton destruction. Think about Walker. I mean, this is like, it's the same concept. You're mowing down dudes until the cows come home. That's true. Um, The walk and the
1: the controls were a lot easier for me.
0: Well, and of course, you know, with the evolution of things like the mouse and things like that, it, it helps. But here are the things that I liked about this game. Number one. There's a ton of stuff going on the screen. Yeah. But I never felt like I was in a situation where it was a bullet hell type. I was dodging things left and right. Like you can you can survive in fact. I didn't move around a whole lot and I got, you know, three or four screens in before I started to die. Yeah. And I re- and if I would have, you know, actually spent some more time moving around, I'm sure I could have done a lot better. As we're watching this, Every single one of these scenes is so well drawn and so different from all the other scenes. The way that, like you said, the way that he manages to avoid color crash is insane. Um, It's very clever. Yeah, the, the, the destructible environments are all very neat. You know, they do as much as the Spectrum can do in terms of, you know, destructible environments. But I just can't get over how well all of these backgrounds are drawn and how different they are. Because when it all comes down to it, you're shooting dudes that come across the screen. You know, there's various types of enemies. It's the other things that make the game special. Now, what did I not like about it? I didn't like the way that, you you know, you can't use the... Uh, the, the grenade without touching the keyboard. That's a, certainly a Well, limitation. it was a problem for me. Limitation yeah. of but the right, one-button yeah. stick. I would have liked to have seen a way to use, because I just never use the grenades, because I couldn't take my hands off the stick. This well, is not a game you can do that. What,
1: what would have been nice is if you could ha- have a long press to throw the grenade.
0: Yeah. You know? I mean, look at the colors. Look at the the two different shades of green and the, the gradation of the trees, you know, the bark oh, on no, the, the trees. It, the
1: graphics are, are,
0: are quite good. This yeah. is probably some of the best graphics, just in terms of background art that I've seen on the Spectrum period. And it's almost a waste that it was wasted on this sort of mindless shooter. Like I would have liked to have seen this in a different setting, but um, it's so, I don't know. I'm a sucker for like well done background art because background art is not something that you have to do. You can get by with doing the bare minimum. So um, this game on the whole really, really impressed me. If you think about it though, a game
1: like this lends itself to having nice backgrounds because effectively the background is just a picture. And then there's some destructible stuff in front of it. Mm-hmm. So it you should have pretty good-looking backgrounds. Now, it takes a special guy to get moving graphics on top of these backgrounds, obviously. But, but you're talking about... Uh, and admittedly, this is a guy... To put I mean, put it in perspective, Bagley was involved in the development of The, of the Next, which is, just came out in the past couple of weeks. This guy's like a top of his class. So yeah. he's not like he's some kind of scrub. Right, he knew right. what he was doing. Uh, again, for me... Listen, I'm not killing the game. I, everything you said, I pretty much agree with. And it, I played it, and I got I got halfway far, and I, did, I got to like the on my best game, I think I got to like the the fourth screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the practice, I could probably do better. And the boss levels are cool. I went, went I went ahead and watched well into it to see what was you know how it looked. And I'll do like the levels with the water, and they were pretty neat where the guys come up out of the water. But there's a lot going on, and the black and white. Uh, graphics for your character, the enemies, the transparencies, and the bullets that offline. flying—it made it—it it made it hard for me to see what was going on. It was—it all kind of blended together, and a lot of times, it made it confusing for me. On top of that, I just did not like the. This is one game I, I definitely don't recommend using keyboard for. I mean, you could do it, and I'm sure people got good at it. I didn't like it, and I'd much rather have a, a mouse mm-hmm. uh, to use. Which I know there's an Amiga version. I looked at some of the uh, some of the footage of that, and it looks pretty good. It's
0: supposedly the best yeah. port,
1: and uh, I'm sure it uses the mouse. And that's that's the way to go because this thing, this game was developed as a game where you would use some sort of control device that's not a joystick. And again, joystick games like this often aren't that good. Again, yeah. I didn't get, I can't say that with this because I didn't try with a joystick. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> overall, a good a good looking game. Uh, like I said, it was definitely playable. It's just, you know, for whatever reason, I know this this sort of game, and I'm not a big fan of even like Operation Wolf, it's it's not necessarily my type of games. It's just, it's just some random craziness going on, but I mean, people love it. Now, the Spectrum version had, like I said, it was complete, it had all the levels. The funny thing is, we were talking about the Amiga version, uh, for whatever reason, and I'd read this before, and I'd forgotten about it, but the Amiga and the Atari ST versions don't have uh, Level 2. So they actually are missing a level and they only have, so actually they actually have less levels than the Spectrum version. Wow. So despite the fact that it looks great and I don't know, it may play great,
0: it's not as complete as this version. Mm-hmm. Uh, so,
1: you know, I liked it. It's just, it's not what I would go back and play
0: probably. Uh, one of the things I thought was interesting is that when you complete a level on the Spectrum version, the guy just kind of walks off the screen. <laughs> he does. He does. He strides <laughs> off the screen. But in the in the in the other versions, like the NES version, he actually does a little dance. He goes woohoo! Ba-ba-da-ba! I hate that. And then bad. he jives vertically up the screen. Yeah, goes, I, I think I like it better because that. I mean, who does that?
1: <laughs> What's going on there? I, I watched that. And I was like, what? <laughs> this one, the guy literally just lumbers off like, "Tom, go kill more." That's, a, <laughs> that's. I think that's the way I like it personally, but. You know, it it is what it is. I mean, the one thing about it is, it's not hard to get into. No, it's a pickup. No. You don't need the docs. You don't need Jack Squad. It's all there. I I will say I like the uh, like and I like the little flourishes, the Hall of Fame, and stuff. They did a good job. And like I said, you can see, you can tell right when it boots up that whoever worked on this, they knew their stuff. They yeah. had they had the prowess. Um, I looked up some critical reviews of this boat. Okay. Um, this may I'll surprise you, but they were pretty good. Um. The world of spectrum folks give this an 8.02. I actually was kind of surprised it was that low. Um, Crash gave this a 91. Uh, the games machine gave it an 86. Sinclair user gave it an 84, and uh, CBG gave this a 62. They didn't like it. They didn't like it very much at all. And actually, you know, some of the comments they made. Uh, they said this was a lousy choice of color, <laughs> among other things. And they said it was a poor conversion to the Spectrum. Uh, they didn't like it. So, <laughs> and, and it, they also commented it was hard to see what was going on. Yeah. So, but I think that score is really low. Now, again, this did come out in '89, so maybe these guys were a little bit spoiled by that point when they were, were going back to the Spectrum and mm-hmm. being like, "Eh, this is not that good." Yeah. But I mean, it's the freaking Spectrum. It, it, it's amazing
0: you can get that kind of action out of this, uh, you know, pretty old machine by that date. I agree. Uh, We got some uh, reviews on our Discord channel. Uh, Just a reminder that if you support the show on Patreon, uh, you can get access and post your own review. Uh, Paul, a.k.a. Hermski, says, Cabal Review, 6 out of 10. Cabal is a vertical shooter reminiscent of a more advanced Space Invaders game. The sound <laughs> effects are nice as you do battle armed with your gun. Collecting <laughs> new weapons gives the game a diverse element, reducing the trauma of repetitive shooting. That's true we didn't talk about the different weapon upgrades you can get.
1: Oh, I, I mentioned it, but yeah, th- there are several. And I, also we didn't mention the sound. And actually the sound is pretty good.
0: You know, it's so funny because you you do have auto fire in this game. <laughs> and it almost provided this the soundtrack because you'd have that and then when the grenades would come in, they go yeah, and it, I was having my own little rave. Well, you know, it was fun. So. You're raving, all right. Um, getting back to Paul, however, I didn't like the dual control, the dual function controls. Trying to navigate the crosshair while simultaneously moving your player to yeah. dodge hard to see enemy ammunition. Yeah. this was never going to end well. Overall, not one of my fa- not one of my go to games of choice for a shoot 'em up. Graham Bebke writes. I actually think this is a decent port of the arcade game, and it stands up against the C64 port I'm most familiar with. Oh, by the way, the C64, this is one of the rare instances the C64 port had, it was a totally different game in Europe than it was in the I United States. I saw that it had two different releases. of yeah. bizarre, eh? Um, He said, this 7 out of 10 game has far more going for it than Operation Wolf, yet that game gets all the praise simply because of that mounted Uzi controller, which is pretty pretty cool. When you look into the gameplay, Cabal is the far superior game. There is some strategy involved to complete the stages. You aren't just only needed to manage your clips, and in Cabal, you can destroy the environment around your enemy and you. While it's not the greatest shooter, it's certainly my choice for a war-based shooting gallery. The art in the Spectrum version is fantastic for the Spectrum as well. Chris Fold says, This is this style of game I'm a huge fan of, but I do think Baggers did a cracking job at porting this to the Speccy. The controls take a little getting used to, but once you wrap your head around them, it's fine and the graphics work surprisingly well. For me, however, the game lacks depth but so does the arcade version. Yeah, A fine port, but not a great game to begin with. Six out of ten. See, that's that's sort of the way I feel about it. Mm-hmm. And finally, Pixels at Dawn writes, This is a very decent port of the arcade original, but unfortunately I'm not a big fan of the original either, being really just a worse-looking single-screen Operation Wolf. It looks and sounds great on the 128K, but the gameplay is pretty much scrolling the reticle left and right as you hold down fire. Man. Yeah. The Spectrum version lacks the cool combat rules of the original and using a joystick is right out because Mm. your grenades are out of reach on the keyboard. Plays well enough but gets boring fast. Six out of 10. What do you think of those? Yeah, I think they all make great points. But you you liked it more. I like this one, you know, uh, I haven't played a whole lot of these type of shooters on the (laughs) Speccy, but as far as this type of game in general goes, I had just as much fun with this as I have any other game. And, again, I guess I'm just a sucker for looks because having such a different... It's almost like Pang. You remember Pang? Yeah, I didn't like that either. So, you know, in Pang, it's it's basically the same thing over and over, but each stage is a pretty backdrop. Yeah. I'm a sucker for the pretty backdrop. You know, there
1: was a game on, I believe it was the Neo Geo, that was very similar to this. I'm trying to think of what it was. It Was, was it that Nam 1975? Is that what yes. I was... Yes, yeah. You're okay. Thinking that's right. Because uh, I was like, this reminded me so much of something, I, and I, I couldn't remember what it was, but I remember it was on the Neo Geo. Yeah,
0: there, there are some games that, uh, that this, uh, there was a sequel, an official sequel called Blood Brothers that came out
1: in the arcade. Did you, did you look that? I looked at a little bit of footage of that, and it looked. It was Old West.
0: Yeah. not yeah. bizarre. Yeah, it was a cowboy and Indian deal. They, did the, they
1: went the lethal enforcers route with similar results.
0: Right, killing right. the franchise. And, of course, NOM 1975 is sort of the uh, the uh, evolution of this genre, you know, in the with the Neo Geo trimmings. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: I looked this up on, on the eBay boat. Of course, you're not going to get this in the States, but if you're lucky enough to be over in the U.K., uh, you can get these all day long. I saw them going anywhere between $7 to $30,
0: $30 being the hopefuls. being the realist. (laughs) Um, I do want to remind everybody that if you have not, it would really help us out tremendously if you could go over to iTunes and leave us a review for this podcast. Even if you don't use uh, the iTunes uh, podcast player, uh, that so much of, uh, of the other podcatchers do use that as a base for things like recommendations so uh, if, you, if, you, if you enjoy the show we, we'd appreciate it if you could leave us a review over there it would be really great and I also of course Aaron we really appreciate the people that are watching us live yeah. on Twitch we record the show live around 5.30 every Friday night on twitch.tv slash retro gaming. You can join the fine folks like GWebKeys is here, Trayguard82, Pixels at Dawn Gaming, our mod supreme. Uh, Polyester Lynx is here, go to Bjorn and Darkwing602 is here, Burdett25159. Uh, nice, nice little crew. Edvin Helland is here, Wishbone. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. And um, of course, we want to thank all the fine folks that support the show through subscribing on Twitch, Still Adolescing, Bike Me, Chris Folds, La sooner Piplo, Go to Go Sub, Real Joe the Zombie, Paku Take, Rushi MSX, Frodo and L, Buck Owens, Anguish RetroJerry, Retro Jerry Mitsuyama, Brother Bill, the Slow Norris Uberscooper Diver, and G Webke. Uh, if you are an Amazon Prime subscriber, uh, you can support the show and it will cost you nothing. Just go over to twitch.tv slash amigos retro gaming and click subscribe, and your Amazon Prime gives you one free sub per month. And finally, Aaron, we thank Boss Man uh, just for, for being around. He's the mostly. boss, man. But he also was the the chooser of this game. He's a member of Clive's Club. This seems like a Boss Man type game. Does. It. He's awesome oh, at He yeah. goes to town yeah. on this thing. Um, and we want to thank, of course, all of our Patreon supporters, uh, Mark Downey, Hermski, Andrew Waite, David Spencer, Cap'n Crispy, Laurent Giroux, Gary Heather, Eric Nelson, Harbonaut, Graham Webke, Frodo and L, Tapes from the Crypt, Pixels at Dawn, Chris Fools, Paul Bossman Harrington, and Christopher Hassall. Thanks, y'all. Appreciate it. Next week, Aaron, mm-hmm. we're going back the mystical, magical land of an egg that's moving around. Of what? An egg that's moving around. Uh-oh. It's magic land dizzy. Uh-oh. Okay. We're d- We're gonna get dizzy again, <laughs> huh? The twins are back. S- we have such a great record with these dizzy games. This you know? one I'm sure will be great at. <laughs> I feel like we've played enough of these things where we should be getting good at one of them. I know, yeah. I know. Well, Pixels at Dawn chose this one. He'll have to show us some tips over on the Discord. But we will join you next week for another episode of Arsene Claire. Until then, rewind tape and press play.